Welcome to The Checkout. We catch up with previous Add to Cart guests and ask them five quick questions to get to know them better and leave you with a little extra inspiration to get you through your Friday. Today's Checkout features Rob Ward, CEO and co-founder of Quadlock. Now 10 years old, Quadlock is a case-mounting system for people with active lifestyles, whether this be driving, riding, cruising, running, golfing, cycling, hey, or even singing. Quadlock has all your phone mounting needs covered. Quadlock started in Australia and is now sold in over 100 countries and has annual revenue exceeding $100 million. Better still, it's entered the vernacular with so many people no longer mounting their phones, but rather quadlocking their phones. Rob, thank you for joining us on the checkout. We've obviously learned a lot about Quadlock and you've taken us behind the scenes there, which has been fantastic. We're here to learn a little bit more about you. All right, so five quick questions. Number one, what's the weirdest thing that you've ever bought online? Yeah, I think this is a tricky one, but I think I'll go with something quite reasonably recent and it was um, actually bought a boat online. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I think, you know, it was during lockdown, you couldn't go look at stuff all these kind of things, there's no boats around. But it's maybe not the weirdest, but I think it shows how far trust has come online that we can get on, look at something, maybe a video chat, more photos, more this. You can yeah. get your confidence up to go, yeah, I haven't seen this thing in real life, but I'll buy it. And like, usually you'd want to kick the tires. Uh, you wouldn't kick the tires on a boat, <laughs> but you'd probably ask more questions if you rocked up and had tires. But yeah, buying that boat was kind of, I think it, it was... It was more, I think it's more telling of just, you know, how maybe yeah. it's just because I've lived on Zoom and online and just done business all over the world for so long. I'm just used to it now. I think I'm <laughs> maybe I'm too normal, too, too normalized to that kind of behavior. But yeah, but you know what? Worked out fine. Worked out great. In fact, I've got to assume a quad lock was one of the first things to go on that boat. Oh, I bought it for that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Product research, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Number two, who is your favorite retailer? Ah. Uh, it's an unpopular answer, I'd say. But I think probably the retailer I use the most, so they're probably maybe, they're definitely not my favorite brand. My yeah. favorite retail is We already know where this is going. Amazon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just so damn easy. And I've, you know, I've sold on Amazon for 10 years now in other countries. It hasn't been here that long, but been quite aware of what that business is and does. Um, not all of it's good, to be honest. It's a bit of a hypocrite. But if I need batteries to go on my kid's toy the next day or my Phoenix 5 went flat, couldn't find it, and I need to do, I need it charged by tomorrow, Sunday morning, got on, ordered, come Sunday night, charged the thing up. It's like it's just too freakishly good. And they've done that for a long time elsewhere in like the other countries of the world. They're so Amazonified. It really does set the bar very high. Customers yep. always right, so it's reality of the world we're living in. So I don't think you can you can shy away from it, but it's what is going to happen. And I, I feel just conversations I had, Aussies are still getting caught. Aussie ecom still getting caught out of the beast that Amazon's going to be. I don't know if you see, saw their numbers, like they've tripled their stock holdings, they've doubled their marketing spend. Yeah, they're setting up new logistics. Yep. They don't they don't need to make any money here for years and I'll turn no. around in one year and pay it all back. It's just, exactly. It's, yeah. So they're, they're, they're a beast, they're a behemoth, but they do do it well. But like I said, not my favorite brand. I like, you know, not even the best shopping experience really in some regards. You know, if I want to buy something for my wife, I go to like, you know, a door because I know it'll probably be good. I'll still get a quick, nice experience, all the rest. If I want to 
if I am, um, I know I like like Patagonia, you know, mm. I buy my puffer jacket and I'm riding home from um, Eurobike in Germany and I crash the, crash the bike, rip my jacket. I get back to Melbourne, send it to Patagonia. They send it back to me with a patch on it. They don't even charge me. I'm like, that is amazing. That's the stuff I really love. But if I'm honest, I just open up the app and buy stuff off Amazon <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I'm guilty of it as well. We're we're in lockdown at the moment. I got I got the old COVID diagnosis uh, a couple of days ago, oh, okay. and um, we downloaded some games on the Switch for the kids. And yeah. all of a sudden, hit the limit on the Switch memory, and it was like, oh, I need a memory oh, card. No. I don't have any micro SD cards. It was there the next morning at eight a.m. Yeah. I was like, no other retailer you can get that from at the moment. It just can't happen. Yeah. Are you selling through Amazon? Via We've done it all. Yeah, okay. We've sold on Amazon. We've been an Amazon sold product. Yep. And uh, years ago, we went to uh, just the lowest level seller central. Yep. And that works well for us. Cool. Yeah, that's how we do it. Nice. Um, number three, which e-commerce practice do you wish was history? Oh, I think <laughs> there's a few of them. But I think probably the biggest one is just that you know, eternal discounting, forever discounting, discount, discount, discount. I just think it's it's lazy. There's so many other things retailers can do. Um, anyone can pull the discount lever yeah. and it's a race to the bottom. Uh, we always talk about, you know, let's do the hard things first. Let's change the messaging. Let's optimize the site. Let's, let's do better content. Let's do something interesting because you see retailers do it. They start pulling it for a little bit more. This yeah. is one way it goes. You can fire the bullets and be left with nothing pretty quickly, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the period we're going into now with consumer spending, um, cost of living mm. going up, I don't think wages will be moving anywhere. Mm. It's, you know, don't know where some retailers will go with that. Yeah, no, good point. And I think going back to our main episode where we talked about um, creating an ecosystem, going into specific passions, yeah. knowing your customer, yeah. all this sort of stuff, you've built up yeah. a really great uh, product and brand where price isn't the central point for customers it's not central point at all yeah it's the like what is the core problem and the the, like the big thing for me around the discounting is it's just not sustainable from a business point or from an environmental point you want people to buy something that they need they get it they feel good they come back not just buy because it's cheap it's not sustainable for the business or that and at the end of the day you see businesses what ends up happening is Every time you're doing it, you're training the customer. Yeah. Cheap. Only buy when we're cheap. Come back when we're cheap. Yeah. You know, wait till we're cheap. All these things. There are all these things that are being... Oh, and just lower, lowers the perceived value. Lowers, 100%. And then at, at a point in time, all you're doing is, you know, your differentiator's price. It's not going to work out because there's other... Someone can do it cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. No, great points. All right. Number four. Can you recommend a book or a podcast that our listeners should immediately get into? You mean other than Add to Cart, yeah? Of course. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I do, if I'm honest, it's bad. I don't read that much. But I do research a lot and I look and I read a lot of little bits of information from all yeah. over the place. But um, one thing I do, like when I'm gathering the information, is I like uh, the only real habit I probably have is like the Pivot podcast. Mm. Kara Swisher, Scott Galloway. I really enjoy that. I think it's yeah, just nice. little bits of news, current tech things. I like looking for trends and patterns, Yeah, um, trying to understand 
you know, in this business, we're always trying to aiming where things are going, not for where they are right now. Yeah. And so often when you're aiming for where it's going, you've got to be good at reading between the lines. Yeah. And, and I like gathering that kind of information. I think that podcast is good for that. Yeah, it's a great one. And I'm loving that trend of podcasts where it's firing a bunch of different information at you, which is kind of forward thinking and kind of just yeah. get you thinking every day. It won't have all the answers and it won't dive deep into a subject. But- yeah, and I like that when it's not necessarily about having the answers. It's about like looking for the lessons, yeah. looking for the lessons. So similarly, you can go and listen to podcasts like this that talk about you know how people got here, what they've done over time. Nathan Chan from Founder, he does that with like lots of yeah. lots of different people. If you sign up to those things and you try and look for like, I'm going to do what they do, it, it's a different point in time, yeah. different product, different. I see that all the time. People want like, <laughs> I don't know, the, the playbook to success, the playbook. <laughs> yeah. And you're kind of like, no, 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 there's still really good info, but it's about how did that work for them? What can you apply yeah. to it? Look for the lessons, not for the actual what to do. Perfect yeah. advice. I love it. All right, finish this sentence. The future of retail is? The customer. Nice. I think it's prob- the future of retail is probably a lot like the, the, the past. <laughs> it's the customer. <laughs> I don't think it matters whether you're online or whether you're offline. It sort of starts with the customer and it finishes with the customer. And I think if we look at the, the, the businesses, like we think, you think about winners and losers, businesses that, take the best care of their customers over an extended period of time. That's, you know, convenience. It's not just it's like good customer support, big one, um, shipping, delivery, product expectation, meeting the product expectation, all these kind of things. Those, those companies that do that really well, and look at Amazon, they've done that well for a long, long time. Mm. People trust them, they buy a lot from them, and other great retailers do that. I think they have the potential to win, but I also think the reason why that, Looking at the customer is so important because the other thing you could, I could have said is becoming a destination. Mm. And I think in the world we're in at the moment where everyone pays a big Google tax, a big Facebook tax, a big whatever other taxes you pay, an Amazon tax if you're selling on Amazon, these kind of things, you really need the customer to sort of start and finish their buying you know, experience with you on your site. You don't want them to start on Google shopping. You don't want them to start here. You need them to start with you. So it comes back to, you know, looking after the customer and taking care of the relationship with that customer. Um, and when you can do that, and as a brand, we don't mind if they walk into the store instead of typing into our, they can even type in quadlocase.com.au, yeah. buy there. Or if they go to 99 bikes down the road and they go grab the quadlock, it's still all good, right? Yeah. They're getting a good service. They're being looked after all this. You've got to be that destination. I think for a retailer, it's, getting them to start the search with you. And if you're a brand, it's that they're not looking for the widget, they're looking for your brand. So yeah. I think, you know, customer, and if you look after the customer, you become the destination, become the destination, you're not going to be like a lot of, it's a bit of a race to the bottom, to be honest. There's a lot of retailers spending a lot of their money just trying to buy a little Google shopping ads and yeah. that's the difference between them or the other one. And sometimes they win it, sometimes someone else wins it. And if that's, if you get a customer or not and it's in charge by someone else, that's not, not yeah. good for a retailer. You don't want them to mount it. You want them to quad lock it. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the checkout. Thank you. To hear more from Rob, jump back into episode 177 where Rob shares the journey of how he started quad lock with his co-founder, Chris. 
It's a brilliant story, given they were completely bootstrapped up until a certain scale, and they have scaled responsibly. I really enjoyed hearing Rob's approach to growth. You wouldn't believe that it actually starts with a novelty bottle opener. We also discuss how they approach quadlock ripoffs, the beauty of having limited SKUs, and why they are focusing on the direct-to-consumer model to serve their customers better. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep adding to cart.